0: Issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations.
1: Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed a Matthew's account
0: of, the of the Jesus' crucifixion has a few details that the others do not. In particular, when Jesus finally breathes his last, there is an earthquake, the rocks are split open, the temple curtain is torn in two from top to bottom, and then the bodies of the saints come out and are seen in Jerusalem, raised from the dead. What's that all about? Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin, joining us to teach a Sunday school lesson on the crucifixion of Jesus in Matthew 27 Pastor Tom Baker, he's host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. Why does Pilate ask Jesus in this trial that's depicted here in Matthew 27, why does he ask him if he's the king of the Jews?
1: He asks him whether he's the king of the Jews because that is what not only he's kind of accused of, by the unbelievers, but it also was something that even the believers would remark about how Jesus was ruler over wind and wave and this kind of thing. And at times when he would do a miracle, like the feeding of the 5,000, they wanted him to stay around and they asked him to be their king. And of course, when he refers to king, he's not referring to the temporal king, He's referring to the spiritual king, the king of the holy Christian church. And so while people wanted to make him a king so they would have a good life here on earth, Jesus was saying, Well, I can still take care of you here on earth, but I am the king of the whole universe. I am the ruler over all things. I created the world. And so Pilate was just wondering is he going to admit that he's king of the Jews? Because as you remember, he put up on the a cross, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. And, well, the unbelieving Jews were angry at that. They said to Pilate, no, you should put up, he says he's king. But no, Pilate left it the way it was, king of the Jews.
0: Why does Jesus refuse to answer his accusers during this trial?
1: This is really from the Old Testament where he goes as a sheep to the slaughter. And sheeps don't make a lot of noise when they are put to the slaughter. They're quiet. And the fact of the matter is, is that Jesus was not going to try and argue with people because you can't argue with an unbeliever. The Psalm says that if you have a believer just one reprimand makes a big difference. But if you have an unbeliever, the Psalms, and especially Solomon's Proverbs says, you can do a hundred blows to an unbeliever, and he still won't change his mind. And so there was nothing that Jesus needed from these people. He knew his task, he knew his mission, and he knew that because of their unbelief, that he wasn't going to answer any of their questions. He answered the question of Pilate because Jesus did observe the law, Pilate was the ruler, and Jesus wanted to help him understand what exactly was happening here. And it wasn't long before Pilate understood, as the Bible says, that these people wanted to do this out of envy of Jesus. And that's why Pilate tried to get out of his crucifixion. How
0: does Pilate try to release Jesus?
1: Well, he makes a choice for the people because at the Passover festival, this is verse 15 of Matthew 27, the governor used to free one prisoner whom the crowd wanted. And then there was a well-known prisoner by the name of Barabbas. He had been really against the Romans. So Pilate asked them. Who do you want me to set free for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? And he knew they had handed Jesus over to him because they were jealous. And while he's sitting on the judge's seat, even his wife goes to tell him through someone, Let that righteous man alone. I suffered much in a dream last night on account of him. So Pilate had a lot of forewarning against doing what he's gonna finally be persuaded to do. And he tried to persuade the people to ask for Barabbas and not to have Jesus killed. But unfortunately, because of the Pharisees, they had persuaded the people to ask for Barabbas rather than for Jesus.
0: Why does Pilate at one point wash his hands?
1: Yeah, wash his hands is a custom of that day, which is very interesting that you would wash your hands was both among the Jews and the Gentiles, a symbol of your innocence. By doing this, he's telling the crowd, see to it yourselves. Pilate was placing the blame for the crucifixion on the mob, even though he would be the judge who would carry out the crucifixion. In fact, verse 25, Pilate even says, I am innocent of this man's blood. It is your responsibility. And all the people answered, his blood be on us and on our children, which, is really true, but not in the way that they expected. And so Pilate freed Barabbas for them, had Jesus whipped, and handed him over to be crucified.
0: Tell us about how the guards mocked Jesus.
1: Now, the guards were, of course, the governor's soldiers. A lot of people think that these were the Roman soldiers. They were the ones who crucified him, But the governor's soldiers, well, they gathered a whole bunch of other soldiers around them, put a scarlet cloak on him, and they twisted some thorns into a crown, placed it on his head, and put a stick in his hand. Now, the scarlet cloak for a crown, those thorns, and a stick in his right hand, that gave the impression that he was King of the Jews. But then they knelt before him and mocked him saying, King of the Jews. They even spit on him. Then they took the stick which he was holding and kept hitting him on the head with it. And finally they took off his cloak, put on his own clothes, and they took him away to crucify him.
0: What further mockery does Jesus endure on the cross?
1: Well, at the cross, according to verse 39, and these sections are really important because they're actually fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. The first thing in verse 35, after they crucified him, they divided his clothes among them by throwing lots. That is found in Psalm 22, verse 18. And then it also says, they crucified with him two robbers with him, one on his right and another on his left. That's Psalm 22, verse 18. And then those who were at the cross who passed by him, many ridiculed him, shaking their heads and saying, you're going to tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days? Save yourself if you are God's son. And that particular one is from Psalm 22, 6 and 7, and Psalm 109, verse 25. Then they said, he trusts God. Let God deliver him now, because he said, I am God's son. That's kind of a quotation from Psalm 22 8 in fact a lot of people think only one of the robbers insulted Jesus but at the beginning of his crucifixion verse 44 says in the same way also the robbers crucified with him insulted him and that's found in Psalm 22 verses 6 and 7 and so there was great Insults to Jesus, spitting on him, sneering him, laughing at him, except, of course, for the women and John who were also at the cross.
0: What did Jesus cry out from the cross?
1: Well, Jesus cries out seven things. In the Sunday school lesson from Matthew 27, four of them are mentioned. And it says in verse 46. About three o'clock, Jesus called with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lama, sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why did you forsake me? Why did you leave me alone? That's found in Psalm 22, verse 1. And hearing him, some of the men said, He's calling for Elijah, because, of course, the Old Testament says, that Elijah will be a forerunner of Jesus. But Jesus made clear that that new Elijah was really John the baptizer. And then one of the men took a sponge, put on it sour wine, and gave him a drink. That's quoted from Psalm 69, verse 21. But Jesus called out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. We'll remember that. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. So he says these words, and says other words from the cross, giving John to Mary, and Mary now as a mother of John to take care of her. And then of course, he asks the Father to forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And he tells the thief, today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, not all of these items are in Matthew, but they are found with the other gospels. And so finally, Jesus does die and gives up the spirit. And certain things happen then. The curtain in the temple was torn in two. Now, this is the temple that divided the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. Only the high priest on the day of atonement was permitted to enter the Holy of Holies. But this tearing of the temple curtain, you can read a lot of commentaries that give the impression, that means we can now go into the Holy of Holies. No, that's not what happened. It meant that God himself left the Holy of Holies, just as he had done at the Babylonian captivity, when the temple was destroyed by the Babylons and God, the Holy Spirit went up on the mountain and then returned later. The fact of the matter is, is that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father are now within us through our baptism. And therefore, Jesus is the one who is our savior. And that's the important point you want to get across to the Sunday school children, that when Jesus died, a lot of things happened, but it happened in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy and for the purpose of God getting ready to come into our hearts as he did into the temple.
0: Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on the crucifixion of Jesus. We will get to what happened after Jesus died next. Several Issues Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the President and Vice Presidents of Synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February 28th of 2023. Learn more at issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. What is mental health? The February issue of The Lutheran Witness takes up this question of mental health with contributions from the LCMS Task Force on Mental Health, which is tasked with providing resources for Lutheran church workers to better care for their own mental health and those entrusted to their care. To pick up your copy, visit cph.org witness or visit our website witness.lcms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Did you know that Luther Academy has been providing continuing education for confessional Lutheran pastors and lay people worldwide for more than 20 years? Luther Academy promotes confessional Lutheran theology through conferences, scholarly exchanges, and publications like Logia, the Confessional Lutheran Dogmatic Series, and Luther Digest. Find out more about Luther Academy and sign up for their free email newsletter at lutheracademy.com. lutheracademy.com The Word of God. Daily worship, Lutheran hymnody and catechesis, instruction in phonics, traditional math, literature, grammar, history, Latin, and strings. It's all part of our daily life here at St. Paul Lutheran School in Hamel, Illinois. St. Paul is seeking teaching candidates for the 2023-24 school year. Learn more at school at stpaulhamel.org. Consider joining the faithful faculty at the only classical Lutheran school in greater St. Louis. School at stpaulhamel
1: christ-centered cross-focused you're listening to issues etc not only does our church need men right now but the world needs men who will proclaim the gospel in its purity
0: issues etc regular guest dr peter scare associate professor of new testament at concordia theological seminary in fort wayne indiana
1: if when you go to sleep at night you're thinking about it My experience with it is this, is that thought won't go away. So if you're going to bed at night thinking about following our Lord and becoming a preacher of this gospel, then I would love if you could come and visit Fort Wayne, our campus. We'd love to show you around and show you what it is that we do. Have you ever
0: considered becoming a pastor? Contact Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana at 1-800-481-2155, 800-481-2155, or visit ctsfw.edu. Christ-centered, cross-focused Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Tom Baker is leading us in a Sunday school lesson on the crucifixion of Jesus in Matthew twenty-seven. I'm Todd Wilkin. You're connected to issues, etc. Ad Crucem has added some new products for the new year: Sunday school and confirmation medallions, engraved incense burner kits, and jewelry, just in time for Valentine's Day. Learn more at adcrucem.com. A D C R U C E M dot com. Tom, what happened when Jesus died?
1: Well, what happened specifically as indicated is that certain items did occur like the curtain in the temple was torn in two, the earth was shaken, the rocks were split, graves were open, and many of the bodies of the holy people who were already asleep in death were brought back to life. They actually came out of their graves. And after he went into the holy city, they went into the holy city after he had risen and many people saw them. And so that was really something and many people were terrified. And in fact, there was one particular soldier when he had seen this, that he said truly, this was the son of God. And it talks about the women who followed from a distance, Mary from Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, Mary the mother of Zebedee's sons. And Jesus died on the cross with those saying from his lips.
0: How was Jesus buried?
1: He was actually buried by a Pharisee who was a member of the Sanhedrin, in fact, two of them. His name was Joseph of Arimathea. And he had become a disciple of Jesus. And he went for Jesus' body. And Pilate ordered it given to him. And Joseph took the body, wrapped it in some linen cloth, laid it in his own unused graves that he had cut in the rock. For himself. And then a big stone was rolled against the door of the grave. And the reason for that was to keep out animals, because animals would often enter into the graves, and they would eat the people who were lying there if they were not protected. And Mary from Magdala and the other Mary were there sitting facing the grave. And that's why they came back the following Sunday, three days later, to anoint Jesus, because there had not been time to do the anointing.
0: Why did the chief priests want to post a guard at the tomb?
1: This is really interesting, because they believed something Jesus said. Not not that he would really do it, but it was like the disciples heard it, but didn't remember it or forgot it. Jesus had foretold that he would die in Jerusalem, but three days later he would rise from the dead. But the ruling priests and Pharisees they met with Pilate the next day. They said, we remember how that deceiver, referring to Jesus, said while he was still alive, until the third day, now I will rise from the dead. So they asked Pilate, order the grave to be made secure until the third day or his disciples may come and steal him and tell the people he rose from the dead. Then the last decession will be worse than the first. So Pilate told them to take a guard, go and make the grave secure, as you know how. And so what they did, they went and secured the grave by sealing the stone and setting the guard, because they wanted to make sure that the disciples would not come and take Jesus from the grave and then say, see, he's risen from the dead. They heard what Jesus said, and so They didn't want it to come true. They didn't believe he would rise from the dead, but they thought the disciples might steal him. And so that's why they secured the grave and sealed the stone.
0: What should the Sunday school children know about Jesus' death?
1: They should know about Jesus' death, that Jesus was their substitute in dying the way he did because there was something about his death that a believing child will never experience. It was the words mentioned in Matthew. You know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the original Aramaic there means, why have you left me alone to suffer? There was no angel like in the garden of Gethsemane to help Jesus, he was all alone and he suffered, For the sins of the whole world, and that means he suffered for the sins of the children. What does that mean? It means, well, they may die an earthly death, but they will not die an eternal death in the sense they will never be forsaken by the Father, because Jesus took that upon himself willingly. And by dying on the cross, he paid for the sins of the children, and therefore they should not need to fear death because at the very moment that they would die here on earth, they're still alive in the spirit. They'll be with Jesus until judgment day when their bodies will be restored to their spirit and they will live eternally in heaven with the Holy Trinity as a body and spirit just as Jesus has right now.
0: Finally, what's the law and gospel of this lesson?
1: The law is that many people are still afraid of their sins. They look at them and realize they're not good enough. So if you ask them, and I think these are the two most important questions to ask a person, do you think you'll go to heaven? And it doesn't matter what they answer. If they say yes, or if they say, I hope so, or if they say, well, I don't think so, then you ask them why they gave that answer. And you will find out that the answers mainly are because of their works. They're either going to heaven because of their works, or they hope they're going because they're good enough, or they're not going to heaven because of their evil works. They do not understand the full implications of the Christian message because the gospel says Jesus paid the price for the sin of the whole world by his suffering and death on the cross. And therefore, the gift of the forgiveness of sins is available to everyone who trusts the promises of the gospel, that they receive the forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and even comfort here on earth because of the cross of Christ and his resurrection. That's the law and gospel of this wonderful lesson that should be kind of mentioned almost every Sunday.
0: Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks.
1: Thank you. Dr.
0: Bill Weinrich of Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, joins us to conclude a series we're doing with him on the I Am statements in the Gospel of John. Next, it's John 11, I Am the Resurrection and the Life. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with Ask, Seek, Knock, Jesus and Beelzebub, and Keep It, Sign of Jonah, and The Light in You. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute, verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. The Issues Etc. A Book of the Month for January would make a great gift for your pastor. It's the New Concordia Commentary on John, Chapter 7, Verse 2 to Chapter 12, Verse 50. This latest Concordia Commentary is written by Issues Etc. Regular guest, Dr. Bill Weinrich. Learn more about our January Book of the Month at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The New Concordia Commentary on John 7:2 to 12:50.
1: Real Reformation Radio. You're listening to Issues Etc.
0: Relevant worship isn't about trying to look and act like the rest of the world, to appeal to the culture around us. But relevant worship is about Christ. Hope Lutheran Church of Birmingham brings you truly relevant worship, where sinners gather to hear God's Word and receive His gifts of forgiveness and peace. Visit us online at hopebham.org. That's hopebham.org or give us a call at 205-956-1930. We'll see you Sunday. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons, or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now.